Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. 1 Samuel 7 and 1. Then the men of Kirjath-Jerim came and took the ark of the Lord. And uh, first off, that's pretty brave. After him, what's all going on? You might think maybe these guys think hey, we better get right because all this damage we're hearing about doing and we're the ones to go take it now. Then the men of Kirjath-Jerim came and took the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill and consecrated Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. So it was that the ark remained in Kirjath-Jerim a long time. It was there 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And so the ark returned back where God wanted it. He wanted it back with his people. And he got it there without a single Israelite's help. He got it back without any Philistine help. You know what? When I see a story like that, that helps me realize that God is in control. He's going to do what he wants to do irregardless of you. Whether you think you can help or hinder, he's going to do what he wants to do. It's best to know his will and get behind that because he will do it whether you want him to or not. And I had to learn that in my life, just, just be in God's will. It's a lot easier way to live. So he's in control. And so the people here are sorry. They were sorry for violating God and treating him like he was a good luck charm. Oh, we're losing the battle. Somebody go get the ark. God's power's not here. Somebody go get it. You know, I've worked on radio transmitters for a lot of my life, and radios have a certain distance they can talk to, and then the signal fades out. And it's like you've got a 20-mile radius on the ark. I guess God's power doesn't go any farther than that. Go get the ark. We're losing. Get the signal strong over here. <laughs> Crazy. And they didn't call on him before their battles. They had a wrong perception of who God was and what he could do. And now from the sin... Uh, of this misperception they had the false gods gave them this misperception uh, thousands of people had died and not just israelites died is philistines too philistines and israelites their own people and their enemy now this has been a very tragic outcome guys sin always ends up with tragic results sin never does anything helpful the wrath of man never produces the righteousness of god it just doesn't work So we have to recognize that and think, well, there's a better way of taking care of our business, and that's getting right with God. So it always ends up hurting somebody. And so, yes, they lamented, it says, before the Lord. They're finally starting to get right. Well, my God doesn't want me to get down and cry and whine. He wants me to be happy. No, when you've been sinning and causing a mess, then yes, lamenting is the very thing you should be doing. I am sorry, God. Scripture says godly sorrow brings repentance. That's a good thing. And repentance leads to salvation. That's a better thing. They're doing the right thing. They're just now coming to a good position towards getting right with God again. 
And so the ark was at Kirjath-Jerim for 20 years by the time Samuel came into public ministry. Now, as far as we've been looking at Samuel, he's been this little kid priest. Now, 20 years just popped through on the pages, and now he's 20 years older than what he was. And the ark remained there, we know, for 20 years, but the ark in its history stayed at that location for 100. For 100 years, it stayed in that one spot. And then it was taken by David to Jerusalem in his first years as king in about maybe a thousand BC or so. But after these first 20 years of the ark's 100 year stay, Samuel comes along and he puts a challenge in front of the people. And that is in 1 Samuel 7 and 3. Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel saying, if you return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths from among you and prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve him only. You hear that? Wow. And serve him only and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtoreths and serve the Lord only. Look at this. They're being obedient all of a sudden. Isn't it something how getting pops makes you obedient, right? And so to prove to the Lord that you are fully serving him, you have to get rid of what you formerly served. You can't serve God while you're still serving the other things. You've got to get rid of those first. And so what is the word for this action? It starts with an R, repentance. I want you to see here what Samuel said. He said, if, do you see that word? That is a very powerful word, if. That means it's God is orchestrating something that's dependent on your action. Because that means some people are not going to do it, but some people are. So he says, if, if you return to the Lord with all your heart, turn around, repent, and put away the foreign gods and serve him only, that's if, dependent on if, if you do this, then he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. This is what's called a conditional promise. There are unconditional promises that God makes. God makes promises that he's going to do irregardless of what you do. And there are promises God makes that he will do if you respond to it. So this is one of those conditional things. So he said he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines if you do these things first. Now, Israel had just been defeated by the Philistines. And now they are seeing where the victory is. Oh, this is where it's at. This is why we lost. We have to give up this and turn from that and serve God only, and then we're going to have victory. That's how it works. They're starting to see the right way to walk. And, you know, I find that with a lot of, I found it with myself back in the day too, when I got saved, but I find that with people that they're in defeat, 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 defeat all the time. Well, why don't they get out of it? Because somebody needs to show them the alternative. You need to give them the the direction to go. If you do this, if you turn this way. You got to tell them. You got to show them. So here's Samuel to show them. They had just been defeated by the Philistines. That's all they knew. And now they see where the victory is. The victory is in turning back to God. Friends, victory is in turning back to God. It's not by thinking you're so great. It's not by continuing to do the same old thing that hasn't worked yet. (laughs) Which, if it hadn't worked yet, why are you still doing it? Come on. (laughs) It's in turning back to God. And getting rid of the things that you have been had, you had your hands locked on. Oh, but I have to do this. If I let go, it's going to get out of control. Hey, it's out of control now. Turn to God. That'll fix it. 
They cannot serve the Lord while dragging the false gods along with them. So where he said for Israel to get rid of the Baals and the Ashtoreths, those were shrines to false gods. They got shrines up. So imagine here, here's the Israelites. We're following God. We're following God. He says, get rid of those shrines. Get them out of here. To imagine that the Israelites were worshiping the false gods of the very people that they fought to conquer to get out of their land. They kicked those people out of the land and and beat them and they're worshiping the shrines of their gods. What is wrong with this? (laughs) Americans, you got money problems? Then why do you keep worshiping that shrine? Why do you keep worshiping the dollar bill? It's not helping you. It's your enemy. God is your friend. Turn to him. And so an Ashtoreth specifically was the goddess of war. You can see that the Israelites had replaced the Lord with a false god that they thought was going to bring them military victories. They had just got beaten. And they're following this Ashtoreth, goddess of war. And so being that Israel had recently suffered a defeat, you can see what Samuel was getting at when he said, put away the Ashtoreths from among you. Notice he said, put away the Ashtoreths, and then he will hand the Philistines over to you. He, he associated military victory in the same sentence as, put away the goddess of war. You see what he just did? Serve God only, and he will deliver you from the Philistines. Not the Ashtoreths, not the Canaanite goddess of war. Samuel just spoke counterculturally, didn't he? against the norm. And that's kind of where we are today. We're kind of counterculture. We don't think like everybody else does. We don't do like them, or at least you're not supposed to. It makes you look different. It makes you look weird. Basically what Samuel is telling Israel, he's teaching them how to go back to holiness. Holiness means set apart. You're going to look different because you're not standing in the crowd. Get rid of the asterisks. They're not saving you. Turn to God only. He'll do it. Well, we're going to look weird, Samuel. Yeah, I know. That's why God's chosen you. You're supposed to be a holy people. So Israel was looking for their victory in the wrong place. You ever look for victory in the wrong place? I used to look for victory in money a long time ago. That wasn't working out very well. Matter of fact, the more I looked for it, the less I had of it. (laughs) And God just like, nope. I've been trying to call a lot of uh, Americans to repentance, I mean, remember, the the Israelites are lamenting now because they realize Samuel's trying to set them right. I've tried to call Americans to repentance, but right now they're not lamenting. Americans are not lamenting. I know some of us are in pockets because we're sorry for what we've done, but the world is not lamenting. Right now they're mad. They're mad at God. They're shaking their fists. They're angry. They're not lamenting. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear about repentance. Don't tell me that. I want what I want. They're still trying to follow their false gods. So Samuel is placed in perfect timing here. He is in perfect timing to speak these things to the people while they are lamenting. Think about it. The people aren't going to hear it when they're not lamenting. Guys, we're going through all this mess right now in our culture, and it's driving people to start lamenting. They're going to start listening to you. And God is going to put you in a place of timing to speak the gospels, to speak the word to people while they're lamenting. And they're going to be out of all other hopes and they're going to listen to you. But you need to tell them. I thank God for what's going on right now. I hate the lockdown as much as anybody, but I'm thankful because people need to lament. They need to be sorry 
for what they've done against the Lord. And they're just not there. Samuel came just right on time. Israel is lamenting. He said, put away these false gods, serve him only, and then he will deliver you from the enemy. And guess what? Israel obeyed and they're starting to do it. Guys, lamenting is a good place to be because it's when you get low before the Lord. First Samuel 7 and 5. And Samuel said, gather all Israel to Mizpah and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered together at Mizpah, drew water, And poured it out before the Lord. And they fasted that day and said there, we have sinned against the Lord. There it is. We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. Now, that's where God's trying to get them to. Is to confess. We sinned. God's not trying to get them to fix what they did. He's trying to get them to admit what they did. I know you've done things in your life that you can't fix. You've done things in your life that's beyond you, and you can choose to do one of two things. You can let it beat you up for the rest of your life and make you miserable, or you can realize there's nothing I can do about it, but I will confess I did wrong. That's all God wants out of you. He wants you to confess it, and that's what they did. The Israelites, they would go to Mizpah. What is Mizpah? They they go to Mizpah. In times of emergency, Mizpah means watch tower or lookout. So you can see that they're merely going to Mizpah was, Lord, we're, we're sorry. We need to start looking for our enemy. We need to start looking at ourselves. It, it's kind of a statement to go there. And so Samuel prayed over them and offered sacrifice for them as a demonstration of their genuine repentance. And it showed, it being at Mizpah, it showed their desire to get under God's protection. Watchtower was a strong place. They wanted to get under God's protection at Mizpah. Now, do you remember, you probably remember what happened when the people of Israel went to battle with the Philistines without their hearts being right before God. They didn't ask him, Lord, how do you want us to do it? And they didn't consult. Their hearts weren't right. They went to war. What happened? Okay, well, now they've gotten right with God. Now they're getting there. They're turning around. Things are coming back. Now that they've got right with God, with lamenting and repentance, watch what just happens next. (laughs) It's like timing is, oh, here come the Philistines again. Now this is a different Israel. This is going to be good. 1 Samuel 7 and 7. Now when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mizpah... (laughs) Like I said, timing. (laughs) The lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. So the children of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. Okay, he promised that would happen if they turned. Now that's what they're crying for, okay? And I just think it's really something how the Philistines, let's go get the Israelites right after they made the turn. It's it's almost like God's going to show them, look, I'm going to prove it to you, okay? Oh, looky here, here come the Philistines. You ever done something in, w- with the Lord and you, you got right with God and, or you're going to do some ministry work, you're going to go do something for God and you're getting your heart right and bam, here comes the enemy. I mean, just like that, the timing is just right there. That's how it works, guys. Don't think something weird's happening to you. It's about normal. But they're reacting differently now than they did before. They're not reacting the same way they did. Before, it was, the, it was Baal and the Ashtoreths and if we start to get beaten, then only then will we call for somebody to run, get the ark. But now they're saying we need to pray first. 
the Philistines are coming. Now they're wanting to consult with God. This is the way to engage warfare. This is how you engage warfare. You ask God first. They're confronting problems differently. The first thing they do is they ask Samuel, their priest, for prayer. They're asking the right way. You ask the Lord ahead of time. You be right with God. Really, you should be right with God 24-7 because that enemy is going to try to get you all the time. And he's really going to wait for your guard to be down to strike. He's smart. He knows when to hit you. You've got to be prayed up. 1 Samuel 7 and 9. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel. And the Lord answered him. Oh, yeah, we are cooking. <laughs> the Lord answered. You ever got an answer from the Lord and you're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Jack. This is the best part of the whole chapter right here. At the end of verse 9, the Lord answered him. That makes me excited, guys. Because if he'll answer that, Samuel, he'll answer you. This is why we should do things God's way. Because when you do it his way, you get results. God answered. Now, I also want to point out that when you do not do things God's way, when you are disobedient and go about your own opinion, God will not help you in that. You'll suffer defeat. Well, I've been around a long time. I've been around this earth quite a while. I know what I'm doing. I've got experience. I've been doing this. I've been doing this. I've been around. I hear that. You see those same guys and they're prideful. You know, I've been doing this. I'm Mr. Know-it-all. Miserable as anything. Your experience doesn't count when it comes to the enemy because the enemy's been around a lot longer than you have. He's been messing with people who lived centuries before you ever did and they're exceedingly good at it. Don't gamble your experience against what the enemy can do. Be under the protection of the Lord. You know, it's defeat is a good indicator that you've gotten off track with God somewhere. When you experience defeat, let that be a red flag that you need to review yourself to see what's off. But now Israel is doing right. They're inquiring of the Lord first before they do anything. Guys, before you pop an aspirin for a headache, do you pray about it? Before you make a purchase at the store, do you pray about it? Paul said pray about everything. I mean, he meant it. God means it too. Consult with God for everything you do before you do it. 1 Samuel 7, 10. Now, as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. Look at this, guys. I would be thinking, hey, we need to get ready for war. The Philistines are like right there. They're doing sacrifice work. (laughs) They're, They're not even prepping for war. They're sacrificing. They're honoring God. Remember, he said, if you turn to the Lord and honor him, he will hand you. See what, see what happened, what they're doing? Their actions show their trust in God. I can imagine somebody, Samuel, why don't we do, no, we're doing sacrifice right now, buddy. Remember what I said, he, he'll, he'll take care of it. Okay, yeah. That guy probably would have been me that would have said that. Now, as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back as far as Beth Car. Then Samuel took a stone 
and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. Who confused the Philistines? The Israelites shouting? No, he made it thunder. (laughs) I've had thunder hit pretty close to me before and it scared me pretty good, but it was just one pop. I imagine God thundering them pretty good. That'll scare anybody, especially when it's close. I don't know if you've been next to a lightning strike before, uh, working at tower sites and stuff. I've been around towers that got hit. When it's that close, it'll, it'll knock you one. It, it's really something. But the Philistines had about 20 years ago, they had lost a lot of people in a clash with the Israelites. So there's still a lot of hatred going on at this point. There's a lot of grudge still hanging in the air. And so they heard about the Israelites and they went there to fight them. And because they had beaten Israel not long before this, not too long ago, they had a good victory on their record. They thought they could still whip them. Oh, we did it before. We'll do it again. And they come up to Israel. But this was not the same Israel they encountered last time, was it? If you're experiencing defeat, you need to be a new creation of God. You need to be remade into something that you were not before. And Jesus Christ can do that if you'll give them your life. But this was a new Israel. This was a repentant Israel. This is a false God-free Israel. They are an Israel now that had submitted themselves to the power of the Lord. That is what is different this time. You ever watch Rocky Three? It's the one with Mr. T in it. Clubber Lang was coming after the, the title. And Rocky was the champion and he had beaten all these guys and he was cocky. And he was arrogant. And he had all this, this fame and, and all the wealth he had. So he stopped training like he should have. And he got a little lazy. He was, in his, he was training. He invited the public to come watch him. Girls wanted to kiss him. Rocky was just, you know, posing for pictures and a few punches. And then he'd pose a picture again. It, it was ridiculous. And then Clubber Lang comes and just mops the floor with Rocky's face. I mean, he just obliterates him in the ring. Just knocks him clean out. And that's not what you're expecting when you see a Rocky movie. I remember I went to go see it. That was the first Rocky movie I ever saw in the theater. I'm ready to see Rocky kill somebody. And Rocky, the first thing happens, he gets beat. And I'm like, as a kid, I was destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rocky spends the rest of the movie getting right. He realized he got sloppy. He realized he had to overcome fears and, and even... His former opponent in the previous movie, Apollo Creed, had to come and get rough with Rocky. They whip him back into shape and train him, get him right. And I remember Apollo told him, he said, stop doing this. Stop doing that. Cut it out. He says, this man will knock you on your tail. I'm not playing. You need to get right. Take this seriously. And Apollo said, here's what you need to do or else you're going to get beat like you did last time. So Rocky straightened up. He got real. And the next time he and Clubber Lang met in the ring, it was not the same Rocky he fought the time before. It was a different Rocky. Now, I don't want to ruin the movie and tell you who won because I'm sure you don't know and you want to go watch it. So I'll save you the spoiler. But anyway, here come the Philistines again. Oh, yeah, we got this. This is not the same Israel they fought last time. This is a different Israel. The Lord scared them half to death with a loud thunder, and it made it easy for Israel to defeat them. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.